Okay, ever since he bought Twitter, there has been a lot of conjecture about exactly what will Elon Musk, what will he do with it? What is his plans for the social media site? Well, we are starting to get a bit of a clearer picture. And here with some of the details, here's tech expert Carmi Levy, who joins us now on this Monday. Carmi, good afternoon. Great to be here, Jeff. Thanks for having me. Great to have you as always. Uh, let's start with free speech, because that was a big talking point of Elon Musk and others. And we're now hearing that uh, Elon Musk wants to make Twitter, quote, a politically neutral digital town square. Just what exactly do you think he means by that? Well, it could mean a whole lot of things, but from the sounds of it, it looks like he's talking about removing some of the the restrictions, the uh, limitations, the moderation tools that we've seen uh, on the site or added to the site in recent years. So, for example, some things that would have gotten uh, your tweet, uh, ban- you know, your tweet uh, uh, suppressed or removed. Uh, those uh, limitations might be removed as well. Some of the rules that dictate who gets suspended or who gets kicked off the platform entirely, uh, that would also uh, be either eased, uh, the restrictions would be raised or removed completely, which basically would mean you could essentially say what you want to whoever you want in whatever context you want. And the chances of being sanctioned for it, the possibility of consequences would be much less in a, a and Elon Musk owns Twitter than the current Twitter that we experience today. Okay, might be much less there, but uh, do we increase the risk of things like misinformation, bullying, uh, harassment, all of that on Twitter? That is the risk, is that, you know, in the early days of Twitter, and we, like, we, we, we have history to validate this. In the early days of Twitter, there were none of these controls in place, and Twitter became very quickly known as a very hostile place, and a place where people could be cyberstalked, could be harassed, uh, could be bullied, uh, where disinformation did spread, uh, QAnon conspiracies, for example, targeted harassment of, uh, of, of journalists, activists, dissidents. Um, and that, you know, essentially we know that millions of people decided to leave the platform at that point, or they just didn't sign up in the first place. It's one of the reasons why Twitter is a much smaller platform than, say, Facebook is, because uh, Twitter has always been kind of like the, the social media equivalent of the Wild West, where anything goes. And so over time, Twitter realized that in order to grow its business, they needed to have some of these protections in place. And now potentially listening to Mr. Musk's rhetoric, it, the suggestion is that those, those restrictions, those protections would in fact be removed, which would take us right back to uh, Twitter as a place where if you want to abuse someone, you can and not get punished for it. And if you want to spread misinformation and disinformation, you can as well, because you're not going to get removed for it, which is, you know, from a, it, it's, and this isn't a left or a right or a political thing. It's, uh, do you want to feel safe when you use a social media platform or tool? And the risk here is that uh, we will not feel safe. Most of us on the receiving end of this uh, will not feel as protected in the new Musk era as we do currently. All right, let's move next to algorithms, because Elon Musk has talked a lot about being a little more transparent about algorithms and why we see what we do on Twitter. And he's now talking about open sourced algorithms. What's that all about, Carmi? So the algorithm determines what you see in what order based on the activities that that you engage in. So, for example, if you follow certain people, if you use certain words uh, in your uh, tweets, if you like certain tweets, if you engage with content from certain people or certain accounts, that the algorithm takes all of that into account to try to paint a very comprehensive picture of what makes you, specifically you, tick. And then it serves up tweets and ads and other information that is customized to you. 
which sounds neat because, you know, why would you want to read stuff that doesn't interest you? The problem here, though, is that the algorithm, no one really knows how it works. It's almost like the secret sauce. You know, there, there's a whole bunch of stuff in there. No one really knows. that They know that it's there, but they don't understand how it works. And so as a result, um, we don't really know what makes something go viral versus, you know, something that just sort of sinks to the bottom, never to be seen again. We don't know uh, what allows disinformation to spread versus how to suppress it. Uh, and so Mr. Musk has called for uh, making that algorithm, making the rules a lot more visible to people so that it would be, in his view, in his words, more difficult for bad actors to game the system. In other words, uh, if you have a QAnon uh, conspiracy theorist and the algorithm is visible to everyone, it would be a lot harder for an individual to have that nasty information, that wrong information, uh, see the light of day. It would also allow the so-called good guys to uh, work together to uh, improve the Twitter experience. Of course, the problem is, if the good guys see the algorithm, the bad guys see the algorithm too. So it can be used to suppress disinformation, but someone who really knows what they're doing, they can also use that visibility, that transparency, that access to the tool uh, to raise its profile and make that stuff go viral. So it can cut both ways. Uh, and I think this is one of those areas where we frankly need better legislation that tells not just Twitter, but all other social media companies, if you're going to use an algorithm, these are the rules of engagement to ensure that people are protected and not put at unnecessary risk. Okay, Elon Musk is also promising to defeat the bots, the spam bots, and he also is uh, promising to authenticate all humans. But let me ask you this, Carmi, in our remaining uh, minute or so uh, here. All of these things that he's promising, what is the end goal for Elon Musk? Is it to increase usership and thereby profits for Twitter? Or is there something else uh, at play here? Or do we even uh, still know? We're still trying to figure out why Elon Musk bought Twitter and why he's about to do what he's going to do with it. Elon Musk has said that it's not about money, that he wants to return to the digital town square, that Twitter's never achieved its potential in that regard, and he wants it to, and he'll spend whatever it takes to make that happen. But an interesting thing happened in the lead up to him buying the company. He sold $4 billion of his Tesla stock, and as a result, Tesla lost something like 12% of its global value, over $125 billion worth. So he can say that it isn't about money because he is the world's richest man, but at some point uh, it's, it's, it's gonna cost him and he can only afford to spend so much. So ultimately it is going to be about making Twitter a better place for you and I, but more importantly, to make Twitter a going concern so that it can at least sustain itself, even if it isn't massively profitable, profitable enough so that it doesn't drain Elon Musk's other businesses. Because if this continues to happen, Elon Musk can say it isn't about the money all he wants, but the reality is the markets tell him that it is. And at some point, a lot of those extreme things that Elon Musk has proposed could be very, very expensive, not just for him, but for all the businesses that he owns. And he's going to have to dial those back in the months to come after he after he takes over the company. All right. Tech expert Carmi Levy with us. Carmi, much appreciated as always. Thanks so much for this. Thank you, Jeff. Appreciate it. All right. And that does it for our time on this Monday. Thanks as always for yours. I'm Jeff MacArthur. Have a great rest of the afternoon. I'll see you right back here tomorrow. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. 
All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. (laughs) For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.